Well, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. And we really are having a great time producing this podcast. And from the response we're getting, it seems like you're also really enjoying it. So uh, it's just been a new way for us to be able to communicate a little further uh, than just the sermon. So today, uh, in this episode, I have a couple of new folks. Have either have either one of you done this? I've done it once before. Okay. Yes. So you know John yes. uh, Orozco. And so John uh, leads all of our worship teams across all the campuses. And then this is Christina Vandenhuvel. And Christina and her husband, Christian, have been on our staff for how many years now? 17. 17 years. And uh, so Christina plays a very important role on in a lot of our ministries. The two that I'm the most aware of is her uh, teaching ministry and her uh, helping with uh, actually preparing the sermons. Christina, for years, has worked with me on the sermons and then also with the worship teams. You, if you're in Livermore, you'll see her on the keyboards. And uh, what else do you do around here? You write the study guide. Mm -hmm. yep. Or you're one of the writers. Yeah, one of the writers. Yeah. So anyway, it's just great to have you guys. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So how, uh, after four uh, of these sermons, I mean, we all grew up hearing 1 Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. How has this been fresh to you? How has it been impacting you, John? In a few ways, I think something that we've been saying over and over again is, one, love is something that you first have to receive in order to be able to, to give it. And it's caused me to kind of take pause and ask questions like, how well am I? receiving love from God and what am I doing to sort of fill those gaps in my own life to replace like the love of God with things that I try to manufacture myself and so um, it's been interesting to kind of measure the way that I, I love others against this this chapter that Paul wrote that he really wanted these Corinthians to understand and us too mm -hmm. um, so it, it's one it's that and then two it's kind of drawing out this uh, really important question of how well am I loving not only this church um, but my family and are there things that I'm doing right now that would sort of like enhance the the quality of love that I have for them um, based out of what I'm, I'm reading and learning from this um, so it's really affected me in those two spaces mm -hmm. yeah how about you Christina um, well I think for me I'm really seeing and God's great at always pulling in not just the sermon series but like other t other studies I've heard um, recently but just um, understanding how God sees me and being able to see him move and work in my life and then how that can pour out into how I see other people um, over the summer Christian and I read um, the book Love Does by Bob Goff, and um, one thing that he said that like really struck a chord with Christian, he even got a little keychain that says 30 on it, but it's, can you obey God for 30 seconds? <laughs> like, maybe not the whole day, maybe not the whole hour, but can you obey God for 30 seconds? And I, that's been on my mind this whole time. Can I love somebody for 30 seconds? How's it going? <laughs> well, it, it's going great because it makes you stop. And like go, consider like let me listen to them, mm -hmm. or let me like calm myself down. Like if it's one of my um, kids or something. Like I'm in a and moment of your children. Are well, perfect. practically, that, yeah. they're all <laughs> named Mary Poppins. Um, but if I re re just respond and don't just stop 
and just go like, let me just stop for 30 seconds and just like think about they're tired, it's the end of the day, let me ask them a question. Uh-huh. And it like just, it refocuses my, my, the frame that I'm looking through. Same with if I'm in the li- line at a grocery store or dealing with, you know, just someone on the road, like I need to like try to lo- love that person for 30 seconds. And it really changes everything. And it doesn't. And so after that 30 seconds, that was all you needed to reset. Most of the time. Wow. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So um, in the sermon, I make the comment that the Bay Area is a great place to live, except that it's lacking in love. And it has been lacking in love since right after the summer of love. So um, uh, what did you think about that? Like, do you see that living in the Bay Area? Do you see the lack of love? Yeah, I see in myself because I'm here. So like, there's a lack of love even in me in certain circumstances, and um, I see this sort of deficit in making decisions, conscious decisions that are like intended to make someone else's life sort of feel a sense of of. Uh, value and belonging and um, like I see you and I care about you. Um, Most of the things that we do when we move throughout uh, the day revolve around us getting our needs met Mm -hmm. and they revolve around us sort of checking off the boxes for the things that sort of we need that we require to live really what we would call good lives. Um, But life is so connected and you're in your neighborhoods and you're in your cities, you're moving through uh, just different parts of the town and you run into so many people and sometimes you uh, get to this place where I didn't see anyone today I like I, I didn't actually see you everything was real transactional and but it was based on sort of me fulfilling my needs and uh, and so one thing that I notice here in the Bay is that there's just sort of a lot of that sort of mindset of and it's not like ba- no one's doing anything to really like make somebody else's day terrible, but the thoughtfulness about the other person, like that thirty-second thing that you're saying, mm-hmm. where like my intention for being here is based on meeting your needs and who you are, and sort of caring for you. Like that's something that so- suddenly takes a back seat, um, and it's sort of a passive way to live. You kind of have to actively pursue like what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> it, you have to sort of apply yourself to that. Otherwise, you kind of fall back into this me first mentality, mm-hmm. um, which you see out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you add anything to that? Definitely, just that we're, we're so busy. And busyness, like I'm, I'm a mom, I've got um, three kids. They're all in different seasons. They all need to be different places. So it's it, like that list, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, live, I live off lists. Mm-hmm. And it's just constantly I have to get, you know, this to this to this to this it's definitely easy to just like blitz past people and not mm-hmm. and not care because mm-hmm. you don't see them you're just trying to and it you might not even have a heart of like it's just me 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 mm-hmm. but it's like I've got to get this stuff done mm-hmm. because if I don't then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and then mm-hmm. and that creates impatience mm-hmm. right and Paul says specifically love is not impatient mm-hmm. right and so busyness and impatience is the opposite of love mm-hmm but how difficult is this for us living here? Because mm-hmm. how do you check out of that mm-hmm. and still be here? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard. I, I mean, it, it, I'd say it this way. Imagine going to a gas station thinking, I'm going to fill up my tank 
for me, but the reason why you actually went there and you didn't realize it, but the Lord sent you there to meet somebody else and to meet their need. It's like this sort of flip of why I'm going to the grocery store to get my groceries. Maybe I need to say a kind word or do something mm-hmm. really loving for somebody that's here. And so my activity isn't always even for me. Right. Like it's maybe the people that I'm gonna encounter when I go about my day doing the things that I do. And that sort of shift in, in thinking, especially in a culture like this in the barrier that's very impatient. Mm-hmm. And it's very sort of me focused and getting the things I need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, it flips us into this really loving way of going about our day. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've tried to do uh, since I do all the grocery shopping for my family is when I get to the checkout, even if it's been a frustrating line experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is to look at the, ca- the checker and say and ask, how are, you, like, how are you doing? Put my phone down, put my purse down, look at the checker. And sometimes they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. they don't always respond yeah. in mm-hmm. kind, but mm-hmm. it's like I can, and I can smile and I can be kind. It, it's should, free. You should go to Florida. My parents and my sister live in Florida, and it's so frustrating to go anywhere retail because mm-hmm. everybody's just chatting it up. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to get some bread <laughs> and some milk <laughs> and get yeah. on, mm-hmm. and you're trying to be a Californian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they're looking at you like, where, why are you in such a hurry today? Yeah, yeah. And they will not cooperate. Yeah, They are just like not having it. Because yeah. they in believe the that your aisle. life stinks. <laughs> yeah, And you should be more like them. And yeah. you need to talk a little bit yeah. more about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, slow down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I have been in, oh, just like going, could you just hurry up? Yeah. And then I'm like, what in the world is wrong with me? Yeah. And I feel that same way as like as a parent. I travel over the Altamont Pass every day out here. And uh, and so I hang out on the freeway with my friends for about an hour every day after work. And patience is like something that I, I need. I have four kids. And so when you get home and you need to like slow down and hear the stories or it's bedtime and you have to do all those bedtime routines. And you know, one of those routines that my wife is amazing at, just so faithful at reading books with the boys and um, inevitably the boys will pick the longest book. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, can we read like Moby Dick novel. before yeah. we go to bed yeah. tonight? And you're like, no. Have, <laughs> you, ever, <laughs> have you ever tried to skip a page? Absolutely. And they, and they catch you? Skip a page, make <laughs> stuff up, you know. Uh, but like, they're not, they have no uh, context and they really don't, need, even if they did have context, it wouldn't matter. Like they need me to slow down and be patient with them mm-hmm. and really loving and let's just maneuver through this book in a really like a gentle way mm. my thought and my thinking sometimes is I've been so sort of forced into patience on this freeway mm-hmm. that now I'm feeling forced into patience through this book you know mm-hmm. and uh, for my sons or for my, my daughters like they need me to slow down and just mm-hmm. again it's it's active it's not a passive thing that we just naturally flow into this really patient loving Mm-mm. posture you know you have to work at it and so i think this series is really drawing that out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna say 
Well, I have a I have a little story. Oh, so, I love okay. your Okay, it happened. It. it happened yesterday. So, I substitute for the Livermore Valley School District, and I sub for a tenth grade class. Um, it was an English class, and they had to take a midterm, which is like a sub's delight because they just take a test the whole period, and you just kind of walk around, and make sure they're not cheating, mm-hmm. or whatever, or leave or leave the room. You know. Um, anyway, so this particular teacher, it's the first teacher I've ever experienced that did this, and it was awesome and horrible and awesome. She had a chart, a pocket chart on the board, and when they came in, they had to all turn their phones in. So it's all, And it's all numbered, so you could see. And in one period, I discovered that about three or four of the students actually took their phone out and just put their case on there. And then one kid put a calculator <laughs> in there the nerve anyway they, but then i wise lady. to she it she's another different street of phone <laughs> no she's younger than me no, no. they're thinking about oh, you oh right oh, oh, oh i heard oh, oh she's sub. a smart one. Oh That's no. what i heard yeah. anyway so the, but the next the next period so same thing midterm so they're taking a test and the class was only it was an hour long and the teacher had said it will take some of the students the whole period to take the test so i said when you're done with the test you have to keep your keep your test you can read a book, you can take a nap, you can work on something else, but you cannot get your phone and you can't, like, you have to, you have to be quiet. Well, for the kids that finished first, it was like torture. Mm-hmm. My phone is up there, mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere, mm-hmm. I can't do anything. And a few of them were so rude because they're just like, oh. And they would call out a student's name and say like, hurry up and finish so we can get our <laughs> phones back. And these, yes, and I was just, I was horrified because I felt really bad for the kids that were still working Mm -hmm. on their test. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no regard at all for that, just because I'm done doesn't mean you're done. Mm -hmm. Like, the quiet that I was afforded, I should Mm -hmm. grant that to other kids. Mm -hmm. So I did take it upon myself at the end to give them a tiny little lecture about. Mm, Good for you. About respect. and, And they got offended. So, and then they're like, why are you looking at me? I'm like, because I'm talking to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it really it brought up just having uh, worked on these notes, like we're we're so self-absorbed mm-hmm. and so selfish. It's it's a it is a practice that we have to practice mm-hmm. with intention mm-hmm. to to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know what you, that person's struggling with, what kind of day they've had, how they grew up. Right. Mm-hmm. We right. don't know anything, but we're just like, you're in my way. Mm-hmm. You're taking too long on your test, and I, I need my phone. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating how 1 Corinthians 13 translates to, I need my phone? Because yeah. it does. Yeah. It translates to, I need, I want, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. versus the love of God, which is absolutely not about mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Like, God doesn't need us. He doesn't need to love us. He doesn't need he but he loves us because he is who he is and mm-hmm. he can't stop being that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the unconditional love of God. We keep bringing this up in this series. Uh, first of all, I was raised by parents who loved me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was. So, we are at a tremendous advantage mm-hmm. over and what I'm finding out is a, a bunch of our congregation. I was shocked when I just asked the question, how many of you felt like you've never been loved unconditionally? How many people? Hmm. Uh, one guy came up afterwards, and he was weeping, and he said, not only have I never been loved unconditionally, I'm not sure I've ever really been loved. 
<laughs> I would take conditional love if I could find it. Hmm. And I was like, wow. So what kind of handicap do you think when you run into someone and you can tell that they keep score, mm -hmm. their love is conditional. Now they learned that, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. I know you expect children to act like that, but there are adults that act like mm -hmm. that. What other handicaps do you think that we have if we have just not been soaked in enough unconditional love when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship with others? What jumps out at you? Hmm. I would say there is a sort of blindness that you develop and it, it would take, like you said, you, you can only know what love is by being loved. And that it sort of creates this gap in your life where you're sort of at a disadvantage that hopefully the people that are around you who maybe carry like a, a deeper love um, will empathize with you. And if they see those gaps, they won't sort of apply like, no, you should be um, this loving or this understanding or this kind or this forgiving or this patient. Like it's on us um, to, especially as a church and uh, us as a church, a, a group of people who come and continually encounter the love of God um, to meet uh, those who we've, we sense, man, there's like a gap, there's a handicap like you're talking about that you just can't get past. And you know what, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to be kind with you because this is what I'm taught. And it's not that it's just this cognitive thing that we have to just apply this real sense of deep logic to a, a certain circumstance like Billy was talking about uh, last week. Um, it, is, it is really healthy and really helpful, not only for us, but for them as well, to have somebody wait with them and be patient with them as they're moving through whatever that handicap is, that blind spot is that they don't see. Um, and I think that can draw out sort of them understanding the real nature of love in their own lives. Yeah. I think that gap that you're talking about becomes a barrier too. Mm -hmm. So that even when, if somebody is showing love, unconditional love, like they can't even trust it. Mm -hmm. Like it feels really uncomfortable. Right. And they, you can't believe it. You're like, I, I don't trust. Yeah, yeah, this is not. You're you're trying to manipulate me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. but you want something. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. If you've always grown up with you have to pay to get your love, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. very hard. Even when Jesus tries to pay for your forgiveness, um, you're like, no, I still have to yeah. pay him back. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. When you think about um, loving others. It, it, it is awfully hard to love others in a healthy way if you don't love yourself in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And most people love themselves in one way or another, but in some ways it's, it's kind of unhealthy. You know, they'll go out and buy something for themselves that they can't afford to, like, treat themselves. Or uh, they'll say, well, I'm really tired, so I'm going to have that extra glass of wine, or I'm going to eat, or mm -hmm. just all the different unhealthy ways that we love ourselves. And even when it comes to really crazy stuff like extramarital affairs and and just different things we do, and we excuse it by saying, well, I need this because I need to feel a certain way. Even though I was raised with uh, tremendous amounts of unconditional love, I think sometimes I act very unloving towards myself. Mm -hmm. Do you relate to that? Mm -hmm. Like, I perpetuate an inner voice sometimes mm -hmm. where I'll even actually cut someone else a break, and I won't do it for myself. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like, there's like a 
harsh person inside of me driving me. Yeah. I think that's really opposite of 1 Corinthians 13. Like, hey, Steve, love is patient, so be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love is kind. Be nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love isn't rude, and the way you're treating yourself is rude. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know, does that, does that ring a bell at all? With yeah. To have grace for yourself. I mean, we tell other people to do that all the time. I tell that to my son Noah because um, he's real hard on himself, mm. and I see it. And hard on himself in a less guarded way where, you know, the tears will come and, hmm. man, I'm just not good at this. I can't. And you go, no, hey, you're, you're learning about life and you're learning these different concepts in school and, you know, and maybe you made a mistake here with a friend and, you know, it accidentally um, upset them. But I know like, you want to be an amazing friend to them. That was just an accident, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just give yourself some grace. You're learning. And knowing that God is patient with us and he is willing to walk us through whatever sort of shortcomings we have, you know, mm-hmm. because we'll beat ourselves up about those shortcomings. I should be this good. I should be this. I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've been a Christian for 40 years. Like, I should be past this. Mm-hmm. Um, give yourself some grace and allow God to, to, to move you through that. And I've, I have to do that all the time because mm-hmm. I'm my own worst critic on so many levels. Um, but these reminders that we get from 1 Corinthians 13, and I like that we as a church are memorizing this right now. Right. <laughs> because in those moments when you're feeling, I mean, just really downcast to be able to know I'm, this is what love is and this is what I'm going to apply to my own life, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not memorizing so we can go, okay, I need to be more patient, more kind, more. Uh, it, it, we're memorizing it because we say, I need to receive. Yeah. God's patience mm-hmm. for me and then just give that out yeah. to myself yeah. and to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I need to recognize that that comes from an inexhaustible source of love. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always feel like I, I get the word picture of a, a glass of water that's like filled all the way up. If I let God's love fill me all the way up and I get knocked, hmm. like that's what's going to spill out. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus if it's only half full. Right. Or if there's something else in there, there's bitterness or something toxic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you think that as God's love pours in, that just naturally washes out a lot of things Mm -hmm. that we couldn't have gotten out any other way? Like, I just picture him just soaking me in his love, and then it just changes what was there. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just no room. There's no, the volume of me, there's no room for Mm -hmm what used to be there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think the hard part sometimes, again, we're so busy that maybe we don't even take time mm-hmm. to let it sit and soak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why memorizing it is so great because you, you take intention, to, takes intention to memorize. But also some of the things that might f- bubble up to the surface are, are painful mm-hmm. and uncomfortable and we don't want to look at it. We don't want to address it. Sure. And so, um, so then it's easy just to not do it, mm-hmm. just to avoid it. And and busyness is always the excuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would like to say because we're gonna we're getting ready to wrap this up, but I would like to say to those of you, we're with us finishing the fourth sermon. We have actually two more sermons in this series before we move to the next series. If you have not spent enough time pondering these things, mm-hmm. well, first of all, good for you for watching this because that means you are taking some extra time. But do take some extra time. And as you memorize, 
let's say you haven't been doing the memorization piece and so you're thinking oh i don't know if i can just do first corinthians 13 four through seven and then the first three words of verse eight where it says love never fails if you just memorized first corinthians 13 four through seven mm-hmm. with a little bit of eight you would really get the depth of what we're talking about here because what we're what paul is describing here is the personality of god as expressed in jesus and when we receive jesus we receive that person into ourselves and so he begins to replace our unkindness with kindness and he begins to replace our selfishness with selflessness and mm-hmm. he where we always notice that other people do it wrong he replaces that to the point where we just say i'm not going to notice that i'm not going to uh, i'm going to forgive them and of course the epitome is christ on the cross mm-hmm. father forgive them they don't even know what they're doing or how jesus had to forgive peter who said, I'll never betray you. And he's like, Peter, tonight you're going to betray me. Mm-hmm. But then for him to be forgiving and loving in that regard. And so I hope as, as these weeks have gone by that you're not taking away, well, I'm just, n- I'm none of these things. I'm not a very good Christian. Mm-hmm. That instead you're saying, Jesus can still change me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are reasons why that there are blockages in certain ones of these attributes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the final question I would lead you with. Let's share with each other. As you think of all these First Corinthians 13 attributes, does one jump out at you and you say, that's the one I really need Jesus to work on in the next 90 days for me personally? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Patience, I would say, with me. I notice I move sort of in the direction of my dominant thoughts. And my dominant thoughts are very future-based and... I want the next thing to happen, and I'm planning for the next thing to come. And so anything that stands in the way of that activity happening, it, it sort of pulls me out of moments when mm-hmm. I need to just be present and be loving. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the value of patience right now, that's something that's really... Okay, good. I'm Thank you. Yeah. What about you, Christina? feel very vulnerable. Well, you don't have to <laughs> no, share. No, I will. I will. Okay. <laughs> you do want to come back someday, so you actually have to be vulnerable. That's how this works, you know. I think it would be um, that love keeps no record of wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't have a like a score pad or anything like that, but, you know, oh. when... I think it's very natural to do that. Mm-hmm. Or even that whole, it's not fair, it's not fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if um, one little thing happens, maybe, you know with my husband, I'll like remember like a bunch of other things and it might've happened 15 years ago and I have to just, yeah, you're like, like, I'm like, oh. Why do I still have yeah. that? Yeah. Don't tell him. Yeah. Don't worry, he doesn't <laughs> watch <laughs> this. He's, he's way too busy. Um, so I would say uh, love is not easily angered. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain ways that you can provoke me to anger pretty quickly. I discovered this again about myself the other day on the golf course, I invited my nephew and my son, and uh, and we went out and played golf. And there, there, was, there were these guys playing behind us that were drunk mm-hmm. and being really loud and obnoxious. So we were, I was already annoyed at them, uh, and their language was really harsh. And but then they hit a ball, and it hit my nephew so hard that it knocked him down. Now that happens on the golf course, and mm-hmm. what you do is you yell mm-hmm. for, and you you know you really make sure people know there's a ball coming. Well, they didn't, Mm -hmm. and they hit him, and when it knocked him down, at first he didn't even know what happened. And then 
I, we could hear them. They were laughing. They were talking about what a baby he was for falling down or whatever. I mm-hmm. got so mad that if I was yelling at these guys, and I even said a profane word mm-hmm. that I was embarrassed that mm-hmm. I said. And I noticed I went from zero to I want to kill you mm-hmm. in like, and it was because they hurt my nephew, mm-hmm. and then they laughed at him. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that can provoke me to anger, where in other ways I'm like, oh, I'm so patient, no big deal. And then, boy, there's mm-hmm. certain, and, and I, I remember feeling really embarrassed and telling the Lord, you know, still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So that's all of us, gang. We still mm-hmm. got a long way to go. You're in the right church, though, because we're all just a bunch of bucket heads, mm-hmm. and, but we're saved, and Jesus is changing us. So I would say make the most of 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. Memorize it and let Jesus then, don't, don't ever let the devil use it to shame you or accuse you. Just let Jesus change you. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being with me today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you guys for watching. We love you. Mm-hmm.